Hi everyone, welcome to another episode of the JB Show. Today, I'm going to be talking about Rasmus Ristolainen of the Buffalo Sabres. Now, it's been rumored for the past couple weeks that Rasmus Ristolainen is going to be traded. The Sabres, since the uh, draft, made two trades. Or they made three, but two defensive trades. They traded for Colin Miller... And they had to give up a 2021 second round pick and a 2022 fifth round pick. Now, Colin Miller is, some would argue, you can be your number four defenseman. Some would argue fifth defenseman. I think he's around the four or five. Uh, and he'll probably end up playing on a third, probably on a third pairing. Maybe on Buffalo, he'll end up on the second, depending on how the team uh, works out. Now, this is an interesting trade because it seemed that Vegas were literally ready to let go of him. He's on the second year of a four-year deal at $3.875 million on a cap hit. And Vegas are basically over the cap. And they, and oh boy, they still got a lot of work to do. They got some... They got a lot of some salary that they need to shed. And Colin Miller was one of those players where, you know what? He'd fit on the top, on their top, in their top six, but he had to go. He wasn't even being played. He was not even being played. Last year, he played six playoff games. So obviously the coach didn't really like him. But I think he, he's a player that can play in your top as a 4-5 defenseman. And there were, I, miss, I have to assume that there were a lot of teams interested, including Toronto. And obviously, there's m- m- many other reasons that the Leafs didn't trade from. I'm not going to get into it because that's not what we were talking about. But when I first looked at this trade, I'm like, wow. Two pit, just two picks, not prospect, just two picks and a second and a fifth, which is I wouldn't think is a low price to pay, but there's literally so many things that so many reasons why it's low, and I think one of them is they're getting this player from Vegas, not that Vegas is a team you that just hands out players for free, but they're in a situation where. You know what? We're going to take a little bit of a lower price because we need to shed the salary. Now, the second trade, and this this one surprised me. This one was a big was a big surprise, not on the Buffalo end, but on the on the other team's end. The Buffalo Sabres acquired Henry Henry Yokiharu from Chicago for Alex Nylander. <laughs> now that's some would some argue that oh that's a fine trade. I don't think it is. Now he started the season in the AHL last year and ended up moving his way to the NHL, played thirty eight games with the club. And he I think he has top four potential. Uh there, at the beginning of the season, or when he started playing in the NHL, there was a lot of play- people that were like, "Oh, he's going to be a top two D man. He's like, he's going to play up there in the next few years." 
I think that was a little bit of a stretch. I think there was just a lot of hype, a new guy coming up. He's only uh, 20, and he's in the second year, or he'll be going into the second year of his entry-level deal. But Alex Nylander, now he didn't, I don't think he's panned out to be the player everyone thought he was going to be. Uh, everyone, I, where he was drafted, which was, which was eighth overall in the 2016 draft, you'd assume, oh, he's at least a top six guy. Now, let me remind you, he's 21. I'm making a huge assumption and saying, oh, he's not going to turn out to be a top six guy. We already saw what Chicago did with Dylan Strom, and I think they could probably do it again. Personally, I don't know what they see in Alex Nylander. I, I can, he's an NHL player. I tweeted this out as soon as I found out about the trade. I said, Nylander is a great, is, could, be a, could be a good NHL player one day. Fit in the middle, somewhere in the middle six. But based on all the hype, I get there's a lot of hype for Yoki Haru. But... I still value the defenseman in this trade higher than Nylander. I think it was quite interesting to see this trade for Buffalo because they they have the defenseman. I want to know why are they trying? Why are they bringing all these defensemen? They have Rasmus. They still have Rasmus Ristolainen. They still have who else do they have? They have Zach Bogosian. Who's right-handed? Uh, they have called now. They have called no. They still have Brandon Montour, who they brought in last year at the just before the trade deadline. So why are they bringing in all these defensemen? And my guess is they're trying to trade Rasmus Ristolainen. Now he's an, he's quite an interesting player because you think he's a top four top 4D, but the analytics don't show that. Apparently, the analytics don't show that. Now, I, I will, I'm i not going to lie. I looked at those analytics, and half of them meant nothing. I didn't understand them. But it's interesting to see the debate between the people who use the eye test and the people who use the analytics. Because over the years, it's just been getting, it's just been getting better and better because the people who are looking at the eye test are starting to see that Rasmus Ristolainen isn't a good, as good a player as they first thought he was because I think they probably were giving him the benefit of the doubt. He's still 24. He's only 24 years old. And yes, he's entering his prime now. But he was still young. He's... On the fourth year, this year will be the fourth year of a six-year deal at a 5.4 million cap hit. Now that's an interesting, interesting contract for certain teams. And I've come up with a list of four teams that he could potentially be traded to. And these are just kind of based on my my thoughts. Now one of them is there's just been major rumors that he's going there. Uh. And you know what? He can end up at a team that I don't actually talk about. Last season, he finished with 43 points. He was, I know this is a, a weird, uh, stupid stat, but a finisher, the plus minus of negative 41. 
so it, it doesn't seem that he's as good as everyone thought he was. But there's teams that are going to look for him because the same with other players I've mentioned in the last couple of years, in the last couple of episodes. Certain players do better in different situations. If you because right now Rasmus Ristolainen for the last couple of years has basically been their first pairing defenseman. So, yeah, sure, he played with Rasmus Dahlin last year, but he's still not, that's not the type of player he is. It's evident, sure, maybe when he was drafted, people thought, oh, he, that, this is the player he can be. When he was drafted eighth overall in 2013, this is, people thought, maybe thought that's the player he'll end up being, but that's not what happened. He's probably a four-five defenseman at bet right now. Could he end? He's only twenty-four, so he could end up as a three. I find it hard to believe he'll end up as a two. So, where is he going to be traded? <laughs> Destination number one: the Tampa Bay Lightning. Now I know. Everyone's first question is, how are the Tampa Bay Lightning, how are they going to afford Rasmus Ristolainen? And to be honest, I have no idea. They currently have $5.5 million in projected cap space. And they still have to sign Braden Point. How are they going to do this? Now, here's here's what it comes down to. They're trying to get rid of salary. I, even at 5.5, how are they going to sign Braden Point alone? Salary needs to be moved out. It, it's, it's a mess. I would not be... See okay, well, sorry. I forgot to mention... They ha right now they have five point eight on the on the just on the injured reserve because Ryan Callahan won't be playing anymore. So that's another five point eight. So about ten. We're just over ten million. Uh no, just over eleven million. So we're at eleven million. They still have to sign Braden Point, and they're looking to upgrade their D because they lost Anton Strawman to Florida. So, how are they going to pull this off? Right now, their top pairing, their top four. Let's look at their top four. Victor Hedman, Mikhail Sergachev, first pairing. Ryan McDonough and Eric Cernak as their second pairing. Could there be improvements? Sure. You could, Rasmus Ristolainen's right-handed. You can... I'd assume if they're smart, they're not going to put replace him where they currently have Mikhail Sergachev, because that would not that would not do any good. Because now he's back in the same situation that he was before. He's playing top two minutes. Sure, he's playing with Victor Hedman. Yes, I understand. He's playing with a better, arguably better player. Even with Ryan McDonough, right? He's playing with a better player, but he's been more suited for top four minutes. Now, who are the Tampa Bay Lightning going to give up? Right now, they have 
two first-round picks, their own, and the conditional pick that they got in the Vancouver trade. Now, I wouldn't... I, if I am the Tampa Bay Lightning, if I'm moving a first-round pick, number one, I'm not including... Like, I'm just throwing this out there. I'm not moving a first-round pick for Rasmus Ristolainen. I'm looking at players with big salaries. Yes, Andre Palat, three years left at 5.3. I don't think you're moving him. You could. You might. But I don't know if that's the guy you move. He also has a, a no-trade clause. I'm looking at this team. Okay. Steven Skamkos has a no-move clause, but he's not being moved. The th four players that I'm looking at this, I'm saying these are the players that you probably trade all have no trade clauses. Andre Palat, Yanni Gord, who just signed in the who just started the extension he signed earlier this year, Tyler Johnson, and Alex Kalorn. The two players that I'm really looking at are Tyler Johnson and Alex Kalorn. Those are the players I look at and say, that's who I include in the deal. Because Tyler Johnson makes $5 million. Alex Kaloran makes 4.45. So yes, I'm, I'm gaining salary, essentially, in both deals. But I don't see any other way. Okay, you, let's look at the defenseman. Who are you going to move? Victor Hedman, not moving, makes 7.875. For the foreseeable future. Ryan McDonough makes 6.75, has a no-trade clause, and as a left-handed D at the age of 30. You're not moving him either. In any scenario, you're gaining minimum 100000 in salary. If you're, let's say we're talking Andre Palat, because the defense I just named, those aren't options. Those players are not options to move because everyone else below McDonough, Braden Coburn at 1.7, Jan Ruta at 1.3, Mikhail Sergachev. Sure, move Mikhail Sergachev if you want to. I would not. I'm just throwing the names out there that are under defense. So you're gaining salary unless you can manage to move the Ryan Callahan contract. Wait, but that doesn't have any effect. Because he's going to be thrown on it to LTIR at the beginning of the year anyways. So who do you give up? Okay, let's say you include, you're including one of the four players. Probably Tyler Johnson or Alex Kalorn. And probably a, set, a, a pick. You can't include a first round pick for Rasmus Ristolainen. It's anywhere between second round and below. Anywhere between second round and below. And it probably a combination of picks. But let's say you get rid of Tyler Johnson. So he's currently, Daily Faceoff has him as your second forward right wing. Who you put there? You can move up Alex Kalor and you can move put up Adam Ernie. Bring I mean Nolan Foote's not coming up. There's players who they can bring up. Taylor Radish, who will I mean, he's not going to play second-line minutes, but I'm saying you can move players up. Alex Kulam can move up. Matthew Joseph can move up. And you have players who can easily come in and replace those players. So it's not a matter of who you're giving up because you're, you have players in the system who can come up. 
It's a matter of how you're going to, what deal you're going to create to the Buffalo Sabres that work best for you and work best for Buffalo. Because actually, you know what? That worked best for the Tampa Bay Lightning because it looks like it doesn't even look like Rasmus Ristolainen has a spot next year. And you know what? I could be, I'm reading out these names. I could be completely overvaluing Rasmus Ristolainen. But I'm looking at the situation the Tampa Bay Lightning are in where you're cap, like you're in cap hell essentially and you need to get rid of, you need to get rid of someone. Now, what would be, if I'm, let's say I'm overvaluing Rasmus Ristolainen. What do the Tampa Bay Lightning say? Hey, see that Tyson Berry, uh, Colorado retained half of his salary. We're going to do the same thing. So we're looking at 2.7. Now his salary is 2.7. You include Tyler Johnson in the deal. Now you have how much extra cap space? 2.3 million extra cap space. And cap space is extremely valuable in the NHL. So let's say like this. This is let's put an offer together. Rasmus Ristolainen for Tyler Johnson and a second round pick. And maybe whatever, a low round pick. I I'm not sure. But but Rasmus Ristolainen's salary has to be retained half of it. Because then I don't think it's worth it for for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Because it's not like their defense isn't good. Yes, they didn't have a good playoffs. They got swept. I'm looking at their defensemen, and the only place that they could improve is their second pairing right D. Because that would move Eric Cernak to the fourth. Which would make their, four, their right side, Mikhail Sergachev, Rasmus Ristolainen and Eric Cernak. And I have zero complaints with that. So th there's a lot of things that have to go into a trade with the Tampa Bay Lightning. And it's more looking at the Tampa Bay Lightning because the Buffalo Sabres are not in cap, don't have cap problems. They might down the, down the road. They have $5 million in cap space. They have five million cap space. Next year, they have to re-sign Sam Reinhart, Zach Bogosian's contracts up, Marco Scandella's contracts up. They're probably going to take, if they re-sign, somewhere around the same. Brandon Montour's contracts up. So, getting rid of the five point four might be helpful because let's say you don't want to keep Tyler Johnson. Okay, flip him because I think a team would any team who's looking for a second line winger, Tyler Johnson's your guy. Not only can Tyler Johnson play the wing, but he can also play down the middle. So you're looking for a third line center or a second line winger, or some government you need to replace your second line center. He's your guy. Now, what? How likely is it that this trade goes through? I'm not sure, but this is the team that I have constantly been hearing rumored to Rasmus Ristolainen. So if I'm gonna have to put it out there I'm it's there's a good chance that this this trade goes through now what the trade looks like I already gave 
what it looked like. I can't confirm anything. I I'm not sure, but it probably includes includes a player who makes a nice amount of money going back to back to uh, Buffalo. Potential destination number two: the Edmonton Oilers. Now, I haven't seen this rumored a lot. To be honest, I haven't really seen it rumored at all. I'm look. I was going through the teams. I'm like, what teams are looking for that type of player? I think this is a a player that the Edmonton Oilers may look to bring in. Why? They need to make a splash. And I know it's just Rasmus Ristolainen. How much of a splash could that make? And you, you, to be honest, you never know. I'm looking at their daily face-off lineup. They have Oscar Kleffbaum on the left, Adam Larson on the right as their first defensive pairing. Darnell Nurse and Evan Bouchard as their second. Chris Russell and Matt Benning as their third. And honestly, yes, Evan Bouchard's a great player. I don't think he's going to be playing top four minutes next year. They need someone to kind of come in and be the bridge, that kind of gap. And yes, three years is a long time. Rasmus Ristolainen's deal is three years. Or there's three more years left. So how does Rasmus Ristolainen fit in on the Oilers? Next year, I could easily see him fitting in on the right side. Now, this deal... I think would be a part of something of somewhat of a bigger package. My guess is could it be part of a Ryan Nugent Hopkins package? That would be huge for the Buffalo Sabres. I think it'd be a big loss for the the Oilers, but it would bring in a player to solidify their top four, kind of, with Oscar Flepflom and Adam Larson, and then having Darnell Nurse and Rasmus Ristolainen. I think that kind of solidify that spot. Now, getting rid of Ryan Nugent Hopkins on this team, I think that'd be a big deal. You'd have to bring someone in from Buffalo that you'd think would give some value look at I mean the first player that I look at is Sam Reinhardt who's 23 now has he lived up to expectations I would think not necessarily I think he could definitely be better within the next couple years there's like the players that are on UFA there's you'd be UFA in years Vladimir Sobotka I don't know if that's something you'd include Connor Sheary maybe Zemzis Gergensen's Johan Larson, Scott Wilson, definitely not Casey Middlestath. Even their defense, I'm not getting rid of anyone there. I thought maybe Alex Nylander would be would be an interesting player to put in that deal. I'm looking at their AHL, their non-roster forwards. I'm looking at a player like Rasmus Asplund, 21, two years left on a ELC. You can play them there. There's there's other players. Tage Thompson is a player you can include in a deal for 
in, in that type of deal, but you're not going to Edmonton and saying, I want Ryan Nugent Hopkins for Rasmus Ristolainen. And if Peter Shirelli was still GM, I'd say, you know what, Jason Bartle, you call up Peter Shirelli and say, Ryan Nugent Hopkins for Rasmus Ristolainen. And you know what? He might be crazy enough to say yes because he's the guy who traded Taylor Hall for Adam Larson. But that's that's not what we're here to talk about. What would now? It's it's different than the last trade I taught the last team I talked about with uh, the Lightning, where the package is kind of centered around, not centered around Ristolainen. It'd be a one for let's say I, I guess three each type trade. This one would be centered around. Rasmus Ristolainen, where you have Ryan Nugent Hopkins going to Buffalo for, let's see, who, for, like, Rasmus Ristolainen and an, uh, at least one prospect and a pick. Because, yes, I get it. R- Ryan Nugent Hopkins maybe hasn't been the best. He's 26, still young. He's in his prime, and he's making $6 million for the next two years. So, what's the problem? Does Edmonton want Rasmus Ristolainen? Because he's three year, he has three years left. Evan Bouchard's coming up and wouldn't be surprised to see him taking over a top four role in the next couple of years. Now you have Matt Benning as your third pairing. Now let's say you replace him with Rasmus Ristolainen. You have a third pairing defenseman making 5.4 million i'm going to let that sink in 5.4 million okay well, there there's a couple other scenarios that could possibly happen evan bouchard progresses much better than people expect now now Adam Larson is to there's two years left next season. Let's say he's in his UFA year. He gets traded. Now you put Evan, let's say you put Rasmus Ristolainen or Evan Bouchard on your first pairing. You have a right side of theoretically, if Matt Benning resigns, Adam, um, Rasmus Ristolainen, Evan Bouchard and Matt Benning, which doesn't sound too bad considering Evan Bouchard in two years or in a year will be at one year older. He will be 20 going into 21. The they'll also have Philip Broberg on the left, which would be interesting. Probably ends up replacing Chris Russell. Who's put on the third pairing right now on daily faceoff. So they the they've drafted and they, if they develop properly they could have a good defense to at least build around it's it's their forwards getting rid of Ryan Nugent Hopkins isn't as easy as it sounds not because he's a bad player because he put up 69 points last year 28 goals and 41 assists. Sure, the year before, he had 48 points. The year before, he had 43 points. The year before that, 34. And then two years prior, the 
two years before that, 56 points in each. So, if I'm the Edmonton Oilers, sure, he maybe didn't have the best buildup. He's also been playing for the Edmonton Oilers, who have been basically a complete mess for the last while. This trade would be essentially a fresh start for Ryan Nugent Hopkins. Probably end up centering behind Jack Eichel. Which would push down, I think you'd have Casey Middlestad as your third line center. It's not like this t- this trade would be wonderful for for Buffalo. Right now, Casey Middlestad is your second line center. You bring in a player like Ryan Nugent Hopkins. If you want, you can play Ryan Nugent Hopkins on the wing. Right? So you can play him with theory. You take move Sam Reinhardt down. You put Ryan Nugent Hopkins up there. Jeff Skinner, Jack Eichel, and Ryan Nugent Hopkins, which would be a killer line, I think. But I don't think you do that. You put him on the second line. And he could probably, honestly, he could probably man his own power play unit if he wanted to. But I just, I put them down as a, as a potential destination because the Edmonton Oilers, for now, need to, need to solidify their defense. And if, Evan Bouchard doesn't pan out, doesn't turn out to be what everyone thinks he is for this year. For this, just for this year, not the future. I'm talking for the 2019-2020 season. They're not. What are they going to have if Evan Bouchard doesn't even make the NHL? What are they going to have? It's going to be Clefbaum, Larson. Darnell Nurse, Matt Benning, and Brandon Manning and Chris Russell as your three pairings. How does that sound? I would not like that. I would not like that if I were were an Oilers fan. Yes, Clefbaum's good. Nurse has the potential. He's only 24. Larson, he I think he's he's over like a lot of people don't like him because of the trade, but I think if you look at the trade alone, I think he's a good player too. But he's not a top two player. He's not a top two defenseman. So I put this team in again because they need to solidify the top four. Connor McDavid is 22 and has made the playoffs one year. One year. He th- This will be his fifth NHL season. And yes, I know, he was injured for most of his first. He So let's say three years. The best player, or if not the second best player in the NHL, depending on what side you're on, has made the playoffs once in the last three years, and has scored 100 points. 
He scored 100 points in 2016-17, 108 points in 17-18, and scored 116 freaking points in 2018-19. And they've been a lottery team the last two years. Oh my god. I'm If this was the NBA, Connor McDavid would not be an Edmonton Oiler. I I hope like that's known. I do not think Connor McDavid would be an Edmonton Oiler if it, the trades were done the same way as the NBA. So, let me go back. Let me wrap this this destination up. What would the trade look like? It'd be Ryan Nugent Hopkins plus or sorry, Ryan Nugent Hopkins for Rasmus Ristolainen, a B prospect. So let's say Rasmus or a, a prospect, a forward prospect, maybe Rasmus Asplund, Tage Thompson, one of the two, the, whichever one, and a, a pick. Probably not a first. You're not if you're Buffalo and you're giving up first round picks. I don't know what's going on. I really don't. You're giving up. A pick, a prospect, and Rasmus Ristolainen to get Ryan Nugent Hopkins. And the Edmonton Oilers solidify their 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 second their second pairing and the Buffalo Sabres finally get a second center. A second line center. Potential destination number three. The Winnipeg Jets. Now this this is an interesting one because the Winnipeg Jets have their own problems in I'll give you some names uh, Patrick Laine, Kyle Connor, those two names, big names. They're both RFAs and are looking for some nice money to spend. So I don't know. I put you know what I'm gonna tell you first. I'm gonna tell you why I put this team. In my, in my destined potential destinations, and it's for mainly one reason. This team lost two right-handed defensemen. Jacob Truba did not want to be a Winnipeg Jet, and there's other there's multiple reasons for that, and I think I'll get to that in another podcast, probably when he resigns when he resigns or when he signs with the New York Rangers. So they had to trade uh they had to trade Jacob Truba for basically nothing. And they had they let Tyler Myers walk to free agency for nothing. Now, the trade was New York, New York Rangers acquired Jacob Truba the signing rights for the signing rights of Neil Pionk who some argue he's not even an NHL defenseman. I don't agree. I think he's probably a, at least bottom pairing. And their own first round pick, which they gave up for, Kevin Hayes. They got their own first round pick back. 20th overall. Okay. I don't even know. I don't understand. And to be honest, I don't even know where you'd start with. Like, who would you who would you get rid of? Because right now, 
it's July 15th. They have 15 players on the roster. Eight, seven forwards, six defense, and two goalies. Eric Comrie's not signed. Patrick Laine, Andrew Kopp, and Kyle Connor not signed. Neil Pionk not signed. Where do you start with a with a Rasmus Ristolainen deal? Now, some could argue, you know what? Winnipeg kid just throw picks at at Buffalo. Say, you know what? We'll give you a combination of picks, second round, third round picks. Sure, they could do that. They have twenty two million in cap space. They have to sign all these players. Patrick Laine reportedly wants a short-term deal. So let's say you sign him at three years, which honestly would be perfect. If Patrick, I, I, I know, I know if you trade for Rasmus Ristolainen and Patrick Laine signs at three years, you're, you end at the same time. Uh, you end at the same time as Rasmus Ristolainen. You get that money. Number one, the cap will be much higher. Right now it's at 81 and a half. My guess is it's going to be, I'm not even going to take a guess, it's just going to be much higher. But if I'm the Buffalo Sabres and I'm you're taking Rasmus Ristolainen from me, I'm thinking I'd like a player back. I'd like someone back who, okay, fine, doesn't play in the NHL this year, maybe plays in the NHL in the next couple of years. You have to go to their AHL team or their non-roster forwards to to go to say, okay, you're giving up a player, someone like Mason Appleton. Probably didn't turn out as well, but he's still 23. Probably not going to play in the AHL this year. He might, you know, with the way things are going. He just might. And to be honest, I'm looking at this team. Blake Wheeler makes 8.25 million for till 2023-24. And that's a lot of money. And he's 32. He's 32. Uh How old will he be at the end? 32, 33, 4, 36 and making 8.25. Okay. Oh boy. Oh boy, Brian Little, uh, 5.2 basically, or closer to 5.3, same year, he's 31, not even close to the same player as Blake Wheeler, Uh, oh, oh, that's a tough one, Matthew Perot, 4.125 this year and next year, so... They have some hefty contracts that, sure, they could get rid of. I don't think Buffalo wants to take those contracts because I said this earlier. Next year is not going to be easy. Sam Reinhardt's RFA. Casey Middlestat's an RFA. Jake McCabe's still an RFA. Next year, Brandon Montour will be an RFA. Plus the... One, two, three, six UFAs on forward alone. And Zach Bogosian, Marco Scandella, Hunwick, and Casey Nelson on defense, they have to re sign. 
So I don't think Buffalo are in a position to say, okay, give me Brian Little, and maybe you can give me a, some more prospects and some nice picks because they have their own shit to deal with in the next couple of years. I I don't even know where to start because it if I'm Buffalo I'm I, I'm saying you want to give me a first round pick, but I know no team would give a first round pick. So if in this scenario this scenario is going to be extremely different than the rest of the scenarios because there's actual players that could be traded in this scenario I can't think of players that would be traded. This I think would mainly be a picks deal and you'd just be using cap space you're looking at some second round pick i'm looking i think a couple second round picks i don't think it's possible that a team would give the buffalo sabers a first round pick for rasmus ristolainen i really don't think that's possible you look at some other trade you look at what colin miller got a second and a fifth and you're like, how much better is Colin? Mil- how much better? Sorry, is Rasmus Ristolainen than Colin Miller? Some would argue they're pretty close. If that's the case, how much more are you getting for Rasmus Ristolainen? I'm just gonna put two second round picks out there. Maybe it's two seconds and then a third, or two seconds and a fourth. That that's that's the most. If I'm Winnipeg, and they're they don't want to take a nice contract, a big contract from me, that's what I'm giving them. I don't. I'm not gonna sell completely. Sell the farm. You like I'm not giving up any of the RFAs. There's Eric Comrie, not giving him up. And of the two players that of the player that stands out to me most on a still on an. ELC in the in the AHL is Christian Veselainen, who they drafted last year, or no, two years ago now, twenty fourth overall. Played twenty two games with Manitoba, finished finished with thirteen points. Played thirty one games in the KHL, finished with seventeen points. Not bad for a twenty year old. So I'm not giving up much. But I'm looking at this team as I'm looking strictly at the defensive pairings. Josh Morrissey and Dustin Bufflin as your first pairing. That's not being touched. Dmitry Kulikov and Sammy Niku as your second pairing. And Tucker Pullman and Neil Pionk as your third. That's a little worrying for me because you had a right side of Bufflin, Truba, and Myers, and now you don't. And it's not like you downgrade a little bit. You're really downgraded. Putting Rasmus Ristolainen, even in Sammy Niku's spot, and moving Sammy Niku, moving Neil Young, some Pionic, somewhere in your defensive pairings, wouldn't be the worst case scenario. I think that improves their D. To be honest, I don't. I would. I think it would improve their D. It spreads it out. Sammy Niku's twenty-two, and he split the year with NHL and AHL time. 
I I just I think he needs one more year at the, th- at the third pairing. So, let me wrap this this destination up, and then I have one more. I know I've been talking for forty five minutes, but by adding Rasmus Ristolainen to this team, you're adding a a okay player to their top four, which they need because they lost. They lost Tyler Myers and Jacob Truba. You, I believe they've really downgraded. They have really downgraded. And I get it. Rasmus Ristolainen isn't the best player in the world. He's okay. But it's a, it's a, it it's better than what they'd have. It is better than what they'd have. And this situation in Winnipeg is different from the other situations I've mentioned and the next situation I mentioned. Because you can give up. You can... You can only give picks. I can't see a combination of player, prospect, and pick that you'd be able to give up. Potential destination number four. I have the Calgary Flames. And... I put them because I think it'd be an interesting one. Not the most realistic, probably the least realistic, but I think it's it's worth at least talking about. Now, the Calgary Flames have two interesting expiring contracts in TJ Brody and Travis Hamannick. I think in both scenarios... You're not trading them one for one. Buffalo's probably adding a little bit. Maybe you'll see Calgary add a little bit, depending on what Buffalo adds. It's an interesting trade to get uh, Calgary a defenseman with term. Because I'm not sure if TJ Brody and Travis Hamannick are resigning in Calgary. It was, And it's been rumored, and I think it, it's basically been confirmed, that... The Leafs had a deal in place to send Kadri and what plus to the Calgary Flames for t- some. T- I think believe I believe it was T.J. Brody. I'm not sure if it was plus or if it was just straight for T.J. Brody. But Kadri uh, said no because he has a uh, modified no trade clause. So it it seems that maybe. TJ Brody may be on the move from the Calgary Flames. Would he be a good fit in Buffalo? One year left. Would he want to resign? Is a tricky question. But I he'd definitely be an improvement over Rasmus Ristolainen. I strongly believe that he would be a improvement over Rasmus Ristolainen. Now he does have a modified no trade clause. He submits an eight team no trade list. I I'm going by the assumption that the Buffalo Sabres are not on this on this list. So what does that mean? I think a trade that in, that would be TJ Brody to the Buffalo Sabres would include something similar to the Ryan Nugent Hopkins trade. Now, I think Ryan Nugent-Hopkins is a better player, and you're going to get more for Ryan Nugent-Hopkins than you're going to get for TJ Brody. TJ Brody is 29, and he'll be 30 
by the time free agency starts next year. Will he resign in Buffalo? I That's not what is part of my equation. What will he do for the Buffalo Sabres? You throw him on the first pairing with Rasmus Dahlin, I think that'd be quite interesting. Then you'd still have Jake McCabe and Brandon Montour, Marco Scandella, Colin Miller, plus you have Henry Yokiharu in the AHL, and you could bring him up. You want to play, play, him, play him instead of Colin Miller? You want to move Colin? Someone moves to the left, someone moves to the right. Well, it depends. But what I'm looking at is Rasmus Dahlin and TJ Brody would be an interesting top pair for the Buffalo Sabres. Now, their forward core would not be touched. Their forward core, who are who are currently on their daily face-off page, I don't think would be touched. Now, I said last time that you're probably including a guy like maybe Rasmus Asplund. Maybe I don't think you're touching Tage Thompson, to be honest. So let's say Rasmus Asplund. Asplund. You're have, you have Rasmus Ristolainen, Rasmus Asplund, and a, and a lower pick, probably third or fourth round pick, that goes for TJ Brody. I think that could be an interesting trade. Do I think it's realistic? It's realistically going to happen? Probably not. Because I don't think the Buffalo Sabres are looking into looking to create a package with that includes Ristolainen to bring in another right-handed defenseman. And I thought that was, I thought, I believe that because look who they brought in, Colin Miller and Henry Okiaru. Doesn't, it doesn't match what's going on. But I think that it'd be, I think it'd be an interesting trade to see play out. And you're giving the Buffalo Sabres, I think could be at least a three, if not a two, who plays with Rasmus Dahlin, a proper player who could play with Rasmus Dahlin, not Ristolainen, who's not sorry, who is not Ristolainen. But it's just I I find it really hard to believe that something like this would happen. But what would make this interesting for Calgary is that they actually they find not finally they do have a player with term because next year. Brody's a UFA, Hammonick's a UFA, Michael Stone is a UFA, Rasmus Anderson is getting off his ELC, and Oliver Killington is getting off his ELC. So it's not like it's it's they they I think they might prefer some players with term. We'll see what happens with it. it the deal could look be it would look different. But you could make a deal around Travis Hamannick. Would you include a pick and a prospect? Probably not. Probably just a pick and a, uh, sorry, uh, Ristolainen and a prospect. You're not including the pick. Honestly, I don't think Hamannick is as good as Brody. I think Brody's better. I'd like to remind people that Noah Hannafin is on a 4.95 million contract and plays on the second pair with Travis Hamannick right now. So you'd basically have, let's say this trade went through, Mark Giordano, Travis Hamannick as your first pairing. Noah Hannafin, uh, Rasmus Ristolainen as your second. 
and Yusuf Valimaki and Rasmus Anderson as your third. I think that's a good, good defensive pairing. That's good. Those are good defensive pairings for the NHL. In a t- with a team that won the Western Comp that finished first place in the Western Conference last year, maybe they want to try something a little bit different. But they get they bring in another forward prospect or a pick, and they bring in a second-pairing defenseman. And there's another reason why I think this trade won't go through, because Hammond, uh, either way, Brody makes 4.6, Hammond makes 3.8, so you're taking on salary. You only have 9.4 in projected cap space. still have to sign Sam Bennett, who will probably take a bridge short-term deal, lower lower value and Matthew Kachuk who's part of the insane RFA market this year so it it'd be interesting to see what happens with those players first I don't think Calgary will be doing anything drastic before dealing with that situation thank you for listening to another episode of the JB show please leave a comment let me know where you think Rasmus Ristolainen's being traded because, sure, I only gave four teams. He's being traded somewhere. I don't know where yet. But I'd like to know where you think he'll be traded. Let me know what you think the package would be for Rasmus Ristolainen. Let me know what you think of my predictions because I'm not always right. Thank you.